Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions fans, this is the podcast you've been waiting for. where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys whose 40 times qualify them for a Matt Patricia defense. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Heidi Ho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 470. This is the consensus first round mock draft with audio fixed and running perfectly. Now, this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is two of the ultimate draft minds, uh, Russ Brown, who's currently running Lions Wire while Jeff Risen is hidden in a box somewhere kidnapped by his family, and Scott Bischoff, one of our wonderful and talented draft and otherwise con- other contributors throughout the, se- the, the season, off-season, and everything else. Gentlemen, great to have you both here. Thank you for joining. How are you doing today? I'm good, good Russ. I'm doing really well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I, I wouldn't say I'm running Lions Wire. Jeff's still been doing a lot of the, doing a lot of the work, uh, but no, it's uh, all is good. Let's be honest, Russ. Riz never did any of the work. I mean, he's, he's claimed it. <laughs> He's not here. We, he can't defend himself. We can say whatever we want. Scott, I know what you were saying before the show, um, but uh, not, not about Riz. I had to lock me off my chest. <laughs> I really did. No. He said he's, he's good. good. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to be to be work to be working with Russ again. We did a little. Uh, we had a little uh, fun last year at Woodward Sports, and um, yeah. Uh, so we're here. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the audio issue in the beginning, apologies, everybody. Yes. Blame Jeff. That's always the the plan. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. It's a big show. We got 32 teams to get through. We're going to walk through the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. We're going to explain who we think is picked, why, by whom, all that stuff, and a whole lot more. Scott Russ, are you guys ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's kick this off and break it down. Finally, I agree. I feel like I had that little discombobulated early with the old uh, the audio thing, and I apologize. Everything worked great until we went live. 
Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone who subscribes and likes and does all that stuff. We want to start out with that because that's uh, a big part of helping the show do the things that the show does. If you're here now, please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and join us. Let other people find out about what we're doing here for you. Also, I have to mention draft night, opening night, round one, night two with rounds two and three. We will have our eighth annual draft party, eight years of virtual draft parties going on. I can't believe Years have flown by. I've, I only look younger than I ever have and more spry, but hey, it's a, <laughs> eight years of silliness. Uh, we'll keep it going, so join us for that. Make sure to do that draft night live. We'll watch the picks with you, and uh, we'll have guests and, and, and other things going on as we comment and walk through the draft with everybody. With that, here we go. You see the, uh, the, 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 um, the scroll in the bottom? That's what they're called. Uh, we have a scroll, and as we make our picks today, we will add those picks to the scroll, and you can see who's made the picks along the way. We have our first, this is our first of the year, Consensus Mock Draft. Russ and Scott are going to work their way through who they think each team is going to pick along the way. There may be some fisticuffs, there may be some arguments, there may be some disagreements. That's okay. I'm here to hold the hand high of the man who beats the other ones. <laughs> <It's Gotcha. laughs> because I don't want to be the next victim. So no, we're going to go through it and we'll walk through whys and hows on the teams. And uh, we'll walk through what we think a no trade draft scenario looks like. We're going to do a couple of these mock drafts this year. We're going to help you all think of different ways to look at this draft, what could potentially happen, uh, what the teams may think and do along the way. And I think these are good thought exercises for people. I don't know that, these are things to get angry about. Uh, I've seen some people get irrationally angry about mock drafts. Um, Russ, have you, have you seen such behavior? Oh man, uh, never in my life. Uh, no, I mean, it's <laughs> crazy how much people overreact. If you do a trade, if you, you know, give them a certain player, it's just like, man, it's not even a real thing. Like this isn't the actual outcome. I'm just giving you my opinion. And I trade. I took a trade on a simulator. It's not even real. Like I didn't actually give away those picks. It's not happening. I promise. But maybe I. I don't know. I. I love it. So Scott, why do you have a shadow account that you use to harass Russ every time he does a mock draft? <laughs> I was told that's what all the cool kids did, and I'm just trying to fit in. <laughs> he doesn't have a shadow account. He can't even. He can't even run his own. I don't even know. Listen, I can't manage my first account. I, I don't even know what a shadow account is. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get to it. Always the first pick. It's, I want to say always, but it always seems like it's the easiest of the of the bunch. Um, Russ, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the torch to you. We are on the clock with the Carolina Panthers. They have the first overall pick. Where do you think they're going? Is is it as obvious as most people think? What I think and what or what I would do. Let's do a what you think, what you think the Carolina Panthers will do. We'll try to put ourselves in the positions of the the, the various GMs. Well, then Scott should have no surprise here. We were talking about it yesterday, and I I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. I really do. The quarterback out of Florida, and I, I could be wrong. I mean, we're still a couple weeks away. Um, obviously, we'll we'll know more probably in the next two weeks, but. When you, when you move that much capital, you go from nine to one, you're swinging for the fences. And I said this to Scott, if you look back at years past, Josh Allen was the most raw quarterback I remember scouting. And the fact that the Bills traded up to seven to get him just goes to show what they thought of him as a player. And they swung for the fences. They trusted their coaching staff. 
Same thing with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Imagine what those organizations would be like had they have not taken those guys. The Carolina Panthers, sure, they could take Bryce Young, but do we know Bryce Young is going to withstand the contact in the NFL? I mean, CJ CJ Stroud, very accurate. I I love both players. They're both you know one A and one B on my board for the quarterback spot. But you're swinging for Super Bowls. You're swinging for the home run, and you don't want to be that team that misses out on it. And I I just think with Anthony Richardson, he's a lot further along as a prospect than people think. And you throw in the athleticism, the cannon arm. I I don't know how you don't take him uh, just simply because of the potential there. And I think with Frank Reich, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. All right, Scott Anthony Richardson. This I think for a lot of people is going to be a controversial pick at number one overall. Where's your head at? I mean, I, I, personally, I I I agree with everything Russ said, and and the reasons why Carolina should. Take him I just on the upside alone. I mean, if you're Carolina and you you take one of the other guys and they become a good starting quarterback in the NFL, it's not enough. It's just not enough for you know if you get a middle of the road starter, which it's harder to do than people think. I mean, it, it just is. But if you find yourself with a middle of the road starter, you know, after giving up all that capital. You know, it won't be enough to get them over the top. Um, that said, I it wouldn't surprise me at all if Bryce Young is the pick just because I just think that he is... If you take everything everything in, into account with the exception of the size, he is, clear, he is clearly the most polished quarterback of all of these guys. Um, and he, and he's, he's going to play at a pretty high floor. So that so the only the only hurdle there is the size. So, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't play small. He doesn't. He hasn't really been banged up at Alabama. So, mm. you know, I mean, it's it's this is this is the one year where it's like you know I could see multiple ways that this goes. Um, I yeah. don't think CJ Stroud is the guy at one. So to me, it's between Richardson and Young. So that means anybody who's betting should go place a wager on on Stroud going first right now because of what I just said. <laughs> you know uh, the conversation. No, I mean I I think uh, if you're swinging for the fences, it's Richardson. If you want if you want to draft a player who's going to start for you early and play at a high level for you, um, I think that's Young. Uh, I could see that being the debate inside that room. You know, it's, it's really a debate of high floor versus high ceiling. And yeah. I think I think that, I think that's where you're where what you're chasing here, and and you have to sort of put yourself in the mind of the Carolina Panthers, and are they willing to bet, and are they in a position as a front office to bet on the high ceiling, or do they need to bet on the high floor? And that's where I think the, the what what really informs their decision, which is why I, I and, and and I'm here just as a as the the, the roast master, but. Um, I might, I'm, I'm on CJ Stroud first. <laughs> so, so we, we, we've actually, you know, but my vote doesn't, but doesn't count, but that's kind of where I think he's the guy that is probably the safest pick. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I guess you could make that Bryce Young argument as well in the, in that he has, no, Chris, I think floor, you're right. I, but I, I think, do think he is the safest pick. I do yeah. think Stroud is, I really do. So Cause he's got the size you want. He's probably Russ. I don't know what you think, but I think he's the most naturally accurate passer yes. in the drink. Yes. Um throwing with anticipation, all those things. There's some there's gonna, you know, 
it, we could talk about this for a long time and not yeah. come to a conclusion. Bad. So let's, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, let's pencil something in I, and, uh, and yeah. But and I, I one thing one thing I'll add is, and the only reason why, and this isn't the only reason, but one of the reasons to add to to the Richardson thought isn't just the stuff on the field. It's the the way that they've structured some of the contracts within that organization, bringing in Andy Dalton on a two-year deal. If you were so sure on Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, you can bring in a backup. I get that. But why are you doing it on a two-year deal? You look at what the Chicago Bears did when they brought in Justin Fields. They brought in Andy Dalton. They didn't have much to play with offensively. This team has Miles Sanders. They have Terrace Marshall. They could add a, a wide receiver at pick 38. Andy Dalton's there. He could buy Richardson time as a rookie. That's always why, you know, that's part of the reason why I, I think that way. I'm fine with Bryce Young. I'm perfectly fine with, with making that the pick, locking it in, because I think that could very well be the pick um, as well, because like, you know, to everything Scott said, he, he's one of the guys that can play right away. He's going to be a high impact guy. He should be right away, um, regardless of the weapons that are around him. So I, I'm, I'm fine with, with uh, Bryce Young. All right. We'll, we'll go there. And I, I will admittedly say that I am one of those guys with uh, the people who have really watched Florida all year and sat, you know, son goes to Florida, of course. So we, so we're like all tuned in. It's the Florida people that dislike Anthony Richardson the most for some reason. Yeah. And, and the other thing that kind of gets to me and, and, and you want to say, well, those are the people that watched him, but there's all kinds of other reasons that could to, to go to. But the other thing is, is, with a completion percentage of 53%, he would have the lowest completion percentage of a first-round quarterback, I believe, in the history of the NFL. And that means that's a big risk for somebody who grabs him as the guy. I hear a lot, you know, a lot of talk, and with Richardson, my thinking is, like, he's a guy you draft and sit for two years, but then you basically bring him in for a two-year contract, and then you have to start making decisions, Right. So yeah. it's, a, it's a big investment. Anthony Richardson is a big investment both in draft capital, but then in what you're going to have to pay him once you've spent the time developing him and getting him on the field. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing I would say about the completion percentage stuff is that if you look at if you look at the list of really good NFL quarterbacks and who are sub-60% passers in their first year starting in college, it's an eye-opening list. It includes Joe Burrow yeah. and Russ Wilson and... Uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, I'm t- I'm forgetting a whole bunch of them, but there's a it's a who's who of quarterbacks. So you know we have to remember that Richardson is a one year starter and he ha- he is going to grow as a player, and and it's almost unfair to compare him to uh, an older quarterback because he just hasn't he needs more reps. That's yep. you know that's just kind of where it is. Yep, yep. All right, we'll move on to Houston and not the Astros. The Texans are up. Um. Risden is sullying the, the Houston area as we speak with his presence, jinxing their pick. Uh, Scott, let's go to you first. Who do you think Houston looks for at the the beginning of the second overall pick of the draft here? Okay, so you would think, you would really think they'd be going quarterback. Um, I know, but they I also have to. Like, <laughs> like, you have pick 12, right? So you're not forced and and absolutely wedged into uh territory where you you absolutely have to take one secondarily to that it you know is 
the Deshaun Watson saga was was pretty rough. CJ Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson does. David Mugaletta. Is that going to influence their decision making? Are they going to be leery of dealing with Mugaletta, you know, if they draft Stroud? I don't know. But conventionally you would think that that might that might be a, a touch problematic. You know, I don't I don't know. Um you know, if <laughs> it's tough. Uh I just I pull the trigger. Houston. Say it. Do it. <laughs> no, I could see you. Honestly, I could see Houston passing on quarterback and then trading up from 12 to take like Will Levis to come, coming back up to six or seven and do it. I could see that being the play um, more than them just sitting there and taking a quarterback. But for our purposes and, and for really, if we're trying to be realistic, I, you know, you kind of have to take a quarterback and at this point, I think you're taking C.J. Stroud just because, you know, um, you need some sense of uh, quarterback play that maybe Richardson won't get to. And I'm as big a Richardson guy as there is, but this seems like a franchise that might not be willing to take on that kind of, of a risk given what they just incurred with Deshaun Watson. You know, whether there's anything to that, I don't know. Russ, what do you think, man? No, I, look, my first mock draft of the year uh, was the day after the Super Bowl. It was with Cover One when I was when I was there still, and um, before I made the switch to Fantasy Pros and Lions Wire, and I had them taking Will Anderson at two. I, I had them going Ed Rusher at two because I think there's a realistic chance that that's what they do. And I thought that through this whole process because you have the draft capital to move up, and even in this scenario where we're not going to make the trades. I already know how our board's going to, I don't know because we haven't predetermined anything where this is organic conversation, but I already know that one of these quarterbacks is going to be there at 12. And even if they were to able to move up, I mean, who's to say that they don't take 12 and, and dangle it for Lamar Jackson? I mean, who's to say they don't do that? I mean, there's a, there's a possibility that that happens and we don't even, nobody's even talking about that. So I, I think with D'Amico Ryans, the way that this team's going to be built, it's a defensive guy. He's going to want a defensive player. You have an opportunity to get Will Anderson, even if you want to take Tyree Wilson. I mean, Tyree Wilson fits the mold of 49ers defensive ends that we've seen over the years. Eric Armstead, yeah. Horace Buckner. We're talking about these long, big edge rushers. That's, I mean, that's what he could fit for in, in, in Houston. So I I think edge rusher is very much in play. And if, if that's what Scott wants to do, I, I'm for it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the the same mindset that agent with CJ Stroud, all that stuff. I think it's, I think you can connect dots there. And I think it's one of those where, hey, our guys, Bryce Young, I mean, two weeks ago, everything I heard is they were circling for Bryce Young. If they don't get yeah. Bryce Young, they could very well change what they're going to do. So I think that that's a logistic thing or a, a realistic chance. And I mean, it, it's starting to come out now. I mean, it's, it's coming out into the media now that that could actually happen. I think it's a realistic option here. And part of it too is, and I know we, you know, we got to move along, but like, I think there's been a conventional way that people think this, this first round is going to go. And I am not so sure that on draft night, people aren't going to think, wow, this is totally different than everybody had been, you know, projecting for weeks. And it, Mm -hmm. like Russ is saying, wouldn't surprise me if Houston was not in on this quarterback group and they took an edge rusher like, Tyree Wilson or, you know, 
I mean, I don't love Will Anderson like other people do, and it's a whole other conversation. But, like, you know, um, I could see them making that pick, an edge rusher. And well, and look, I could. Look at last year. They didn't have D'Amico Ryans as the coach, they, but they still had the same front office in play. And we didn't think they were going to go Derek Stingley there at, at, what was that, pick three or four? And they ended up going Derek yeah. Stingley. We all thought offensive line. I mean, we we all thought it was going to be offensive line, defensive line, and they ended up going with the corner. I mean, this could very well be the pick. And, and again, if you want to go Tyree Wilson, I'm for it. It makes sense. The buzz has been generating enough that he, I mean, he is probably the busiest player in the top 10 right now. He is going to meet with every single team in the top 10 and for good reason. And if the Houston Texans are meeting with them, I mean, why, why would they be doing that? Other than the fact that they might be taking a at too. To me, he's a he's a good fit for for a new head coach. The power mm-hmm. defensive end could do a lot of things. I know we're already we've already blown this mock up, um, <laughs> but we real. we have to think you know a little bit outside the box because I don't know that it's going to be as much as everybody wants to talk about four quarterbacks in the first five picks and all this stuff. You know, I don't know. It doesn't um, happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> and and this is a really strange draft from a talent perspective, right? Normally, I'd say you say, "Oh, it doesn't happen," because there's a clear. I'll just use him as an example: Calvin Johnson, wide receiver, big wide receiver. That's a that's an absolute top five guy, 100 percent of the time. You don't see that, right? Will Anderson. There's questions. There's questions around around him. Anthony Richardson. He is a high ceiling, low floor potential player. You really don't know what you have there. There's a whole lot of gambling at the top of this draft, which means that things can get crazy. And it really comes down to who's sitting in that GM seat and what's their taste for risk. Um, I, I, I'm I'm totally willing to go Tyree Wilson. If you guys, if that's where you guys are, go where you guys are. I just feel like if I'm sitting in the chair in Houston, I need my guy. I need my quarterback. And 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 you're right. We could probably trade around and get it, but I feel like C.J. Stroud is probably the the most well-rounded guy that you can build your team around for a number of years and 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 be in pretty good shape. I feel like from a risk perspective, Houston would want to be there, right? But I'm I'm totally not. My vote again doesn't matter. I'm just talking. <laughs> but what if they, so? If they let's say they like Will Levis, which sounds absolutely bananas, right? But you're not taking Will Levis at two. But you might be coming up to say seven, eight, nine range if Will Levis falls to that point. And, you know, if you're Houston and you walk away with Tyree Wilson and you've traded up to get Will Levis, I think you're, you know, you've added some talent. And it's just it's just a matter of do they like the quarterbacks? Can they get over the Stroud agent thing? I know that sounds like nonsense for a lot of fans, but like it's a thing. Um mm-hmm. You know, once an agent burns you, you're really not going to want to deal with that guy. He's he's shown you he's difficult, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I think there's Chris. I, I mean, I think that Stroud is the most logical pick they could make, but it's the it's the Texans. So, you know, um, I, I mean, I do think they're trying to reset with with defensive coach, and a lot of times when that happens, they they you know you throw him a bone. Yeah. Um, and help them. And to me, that's Tyree Wilson in this draft. All right. That's it. The experts have spoken. Tyree Wilson locked in. He is number two for the Texans. We move on. Arizona number three. Obviously, they are 
straight up in for a quarterback now and CJ's <laughs> I joke. Uh, this this really blows up their phones, right? If Tyree Rules can go second, then the world is on fire because we knew that Arizona's phone lines were already going to be hot. But when you're now looking at, at Anthony Richardson available and CJ Stroud available, I think I think things are going to be going crazy in, in in Arizona. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's one of those like in a you know in a, in a different situation where we're for the sake of time we're not doing trades. Obviously, we would probably be like, hey, this team's going to do this, this, and that. But uh, for the sake of time, um, it's this is a layup. It's Will Anderson, edge out of Alabama. That's a defensive minded coach there. Uh, you could make the case that he's, you know, one of the the, the better players in this draft is just overall tape and, and things like that. There's not as much risk as there are with some other players. You could say Jalen Carter, but with the off the field stuff, you pivot to Anderson here, you get an edge rusher. And when you look at what the free agency, you know, the last two off seasons have been for them, they've lost Chandler Jones. They lost Zach Allen to the Broncos this year. J.J. Watt retired. They need help off the edge. You get Anderson. He could easily be a double-digit sack guy for them. So that that for me, that's the layup. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Yep, it's- okay. <laughs> a huge argument out of Scott. We'll lock in Will Anderson. Well, I, that's the thing. I don't want to argue it because it, it's too long. And I, yeah, I am not I, Anderson. To me, has some bust risk. Um, I struggle with him as a prospect. That's. And it's a it's a me thing, so yeah. we'll just leave it there. Yeah, no, no. You, but you're, you, the video you had with Darnell White, or right, uh, he he was he just tanked him, right? I mean, it was, yeah, yeah. So it, it makes me wonder because Anderson, and, Russ, I'm curious. Anderson looked like a different guy last year. Like he looked slippery. Right. He looked uh, quicker. He looked like he could threaten uh, the edge. He did not look that way this year at all uh stiff i don't want to say heavy but he looked like he he was stiff his move it seemed like this year he he played a lot of four eye and his move was um going back inside you know i don't i didn't see him uh, threaten around the corner like you would want to see from a person being compared to like von miller kind of stuff and you know that's where i am it's it's confusing uh he's one of those players that i just have a hard time you know, it is what it is. Moving on. All right. We're now number four overall pick. Indianapolis is on the clock, and we have a pair of quarterbacks available. Indianapolis has a real need for quarterback. Are you guys telling me that they're going for kicker? Is this what we're after? <laughs> yeah. Jake Moody. This is the place where where Anthony Richardson goes. I think that you look at the you look at the new coach, uh, Coming from a, a background where they just developed a player like Jalen Hurts, and you've seen you've seen the benefit of running quarterback who can develop. Um, this is this is a home run for Indy to get a player like Richardson. I'm, yeah, I, I completely agree. I I I completely agree. I love the fit for him there. If if he ends up falling to that spot, I think it's a great landing spot. Um, you know, they can figure out the veteran QB thing for a year and, and, and they can, they can figure all that out. And, and that said, I, I love the RPO style stuff. That's going to be ran there. Same stuff that they ran in Philly with Jalen Hurts. I love that he gets Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. We'll see what happens with Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. And, and they've got enough draft capital. They can build around Anthony Richardson and really give him the best talent he's had on the football field 
through, you know, the short term of his starting career as a, as a quarterback. And he gets to do that in the NFL. So I love this fit. And, uh, you know, it's, that's a, that's a home run. There you go. All right. Anthony Richardson locked in as the man for Indianapolis. Then we have Seattle up at number five overall. And things get really interesting for them because this, the way this has played out right now, the draft has absolutely fallen in their lap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think here at five, if it were me, I, I've been saying this since the senior bowl and really before I would, I would be taking CJ Stroud if I'm sitting in this spot. I, I know you got Geno Smith, but that's essentially a two-year deal. You can opt out of it after you know the next two years if there's any type of regression. But you put C.J. Stroud in that offense with Tyler Lockett, who, yeah, he's getting older. You have Kenneth Walker. You've got your your bookend tackles. They, they established that this past year, which is a rarity. You're able to find it, though, with Abe Lucas and Charles Cross. You have D.K. Metcalf. I love this fit, and I love the fact that you have pick 20 and there's a potential there where you could maybe add Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnston. I doubt Jackson Smith and Jigba is there, but there's enough there. And if you need help at guard, you can grab Osiris Torrance. You, there's plenty to do. So I, I love the fit of CJ Stroud at five. I, I think it's a great fit. And, and if you needed him to play this year, you can. All right, CJ yeah. Stroud consensus for Seattle. Um, you can you can make the case any further if you want, uh, Scott. This this is a, just for folks who are joining us a little bit late. Remember, this is a no trade scenario this time. We're just running the draft straight. We'll have a number of mock drafts with different rule sets and different things as we as we go on. But this is the everyone's locked in spot kind of move, and and we'll go on. And it's it's not a it's not a bad approach. Right. The other the other approach that's that's you know, the other extreme is the we can trade anything for anybody, right? And you see a lot of those as well. And everyone's like, Oh, I trade traded back three times and now I have forty seven picks this draft, <laughs> right? It's like, um, yeah, not realistic. So we're just trying to we're starting out here and we will work the trades as we get forward in some of our other uh, mock drafts from this point. But now we come to number six, the Detroit Lions. And uh Scott, I know you got your finger clicking ready to make the call. And uh, tell Goodell who we're picking. Who do you who do you want for the Detroit Lions at six? Well, the board hasn't fallen great for the Lions. It just hasn't. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the Lions would be a Tyree Wilson team. They'd be all in on that. And I know that I know that sounds a little bit out there because it almost is like loading up too much on the D line. But you can't have too many pass rushers. And you know, I think he is. He he would do some really nice things as your closed defensive end, more physical. Uh, you know, it would open up a lot of things on the opposite side for Hutchinson. Um, but it hasn't fallen great. So, you know, I think you're you're in a situation where it's <laughs> it's kind of like Jalen Carter, or and I and I think they're very much in on that still. I don't think that that story is closed yet. Or it's defensive back and, you know, just a personal thing. I think it's too early for, I think it's too early for, for Devin Witherspoon. Um, I think it's, it's a hard sell to, to draft a player as small as he is with his play style. Like he is a heat seeking missile (laughs) and and it's, I mean, it's fun to watch him play. He's a dog. He's a perfect fit for for that locker room. They need to add talent to the secondary. I know they 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 have a bunch of you know one year, you know one year deals on players like Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley and 
and CJ Gardner Johnson, all that stuff. But you still need to add some talent there. Um, it's just it feels to me like it's too early for him there. And in this scenario, you know, I think it's Jalen Carter, and that's just kind of where the need is. Uh, he really would, he really, as a penetrating player with the uh, the force and violence that he plays with, uh, and the power that he plays with, could really complete the defensive line and make it really nasty. And that that's just kind of where my head is. And I know that there's off the field with him, but to me, it's just you know, that's that's to me where I would be with with this draft the way the way this has fallen. If I can't trade out, I'd be taking Carter and. And, uh, you know, I don't know what you think, Russ. I mean, I feel like that's almost, I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm almost like selling out making that pick, but that's, that's what I, no, I, I think you're bringing up great points. And, you know, I, I, I would be a little, I don't know. It's, I'm so torn on this because he's so talented of a player. I would just be a little surprised if he was the pick. Just, I, I mean, I watched that presser at the owners' meetings of of Dan Campbell like three times, and I wrote it up on the Lions Wire. And just seeing his reaction and knowing him, just through the, over this last two years, it just it doesn't feel like he's in on Jalen Carter because of the off the field stuff. He could be a you know we see it on the field. He is a dog, but I don't yeah. think the Lions want to babysit. I don't think they want to have to worry about their guys off the field 24-7. And he's going to be that guy because this, you know, the, the off the field stuff that happened in January, it wasn't the first time that it happened. It happened back in September. He got pulled over. He was going 89 in a 45. He got a ticket for that. He got a ticket for his tint, his tints on his windows from his driver's side to to his uh to, to the to the dash, to the to the windshield. So he he had a court case in October about that and then it it reoccurs here. And, I'm just worried about that stuff, and I get it. We're ki- they're they're kids. They're 21 years old. I completely understand it. But you know, y- you're old enough to make money for playing the game in the college level. You got to be old enough to make the right decisions, and that's just the, that's the reality. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But at the same time, I get it. He makes so much sense for what they're trying to do, and the luck has kind of been that the best players in the draft have been falling into their lap the last two years. So I'm fine with it. I'm with you. I think corners a little too soon. Uh, with with Witherspoon at six, I would love Christian Gonzalez, but even then, I think it's a little bit too soon just because of Jalen Carter. And I, I agree with your points, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Carter. I'll, I'll I'll agree there. So, and Chris, you've taught me this. You've you've told me this and explained this to me. And you know, um, I think that there's an. So, Chris, you explain what the Lions look for in football character, and if this and and. After I'm done, explain that if you can. But the thing I the thing that has happened is that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have shown us that if Jalen Carter can be trusted with football character, they're going to figure that out. And if they're comfortable with him as a football player, they'll pick him. And if they're not comfortable with his football character, they won't. And we trust them to make that right decision. Chris, explain to everybody what what football character means to the Lions, Dan Campbell, and Brad Holmes. It, I think it's a really important piece. In in a word, it's work, right? Do the work, put in the work. Uh, it, whether you're a coach, a player, or, or anybody, work. If you're not going to do the work, and you're not going to put in the work, they start to have a concern. I think though, beyond that, 
And this is where, you know, you can, you can look at where he's at and say, no, no, we can excuse it. But here's something that I don't know if the Lions are willing to the bite. They're not willing to take in. It's not necessarily of the things that he did. But if something happens now, you took the guy that did all those things, right? And whether you can defend him, then now you have to defend something different. And I don't think yeah. the Detroit Lions are a team that want to have to do that, right? Like if and, and if if Gmo gets gets in a racing situation, gets a ticket, whatever, right? Right now, okay, look, that's not his character. It's something different. That's you. You have a whole press release. You have a department that's ready to work the spin on that. But when you took the guy that already had that history, that that's a lot of spin. That's a lot of work, and that's something I don't know. Really, from from Sheila's perspective, and 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 Dan, the rest of them too, they have that sense that character beyond football character is really important to this team. And I think you talk about character; it's tied to that kind of image. They are very image conscious about what they want, what that what their team is, and who they have on that team. And to have to go to defense for a guy like Jalen Carter, I'm not again. I'm not really saying. Oh, it's all these bad things, right? I saw the video and and, and I, I posted it on Twitter and it, went, it had tons of interactions. It was crazy. I didn't make a, uh, 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 an assessment on it because you watch that video of him on the night of the accident. You could paint whatever story you want on Jalen Carter there. You could say, see, he did X, Y, Z. He's a bad guy. Or you could say, see, he did P, D, Q, and he's a pretty good guy. It's just a young kid making a mistake. Whatever you're, you're painting your predilections, your, your, your thoughts on this guy, and everyone's seeing the same thing. I, I remember way back when I did my psych degree, there was something, uh, it was, I won't go into it, but there was a study about just this, this type, type of a situation. And it's really, it, this was just a replay of that whole thing in my head. Um, I just don't think that beyond what's what the football stuff is, I don't think the Lions are comfortable being in a position if something happens having to defend him knowing what's already happened. That, that that's that's really my take, but I'm 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 here just to arbitrate, right? When you when you guys have a disagreement, you you're both on on the Jalen Carter train it seems like right now. But just just from a work standpoint, from a play standpoint, you don't do the things that he does unless you work at being a football player. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. you just don't roll up on Saturdays and just bl- and blow up, you know, SEC offensive linemen the way he does, unless you're working at it. But it's what you're saying is probably more important than anything, and it's the ant they're going to have to get to. What is the off the field? And the beauty of the whole thing right now is I trust them to make the right choice. And to me, if they pass, it's because they just weren't comfortable with him as as a person. As a player to to bring into their organization right now, I think, and some, I'm good with it. I think some team is going to get a great player in Jalen Carter, and and they're probably going to get him at a little bit of a discount. And just I don't want to Lions <laughs> luck, right? But the, to the luck, to the despair, you know, to the problem of every other team, he's going to turn into be a a wonderful individual and all that. The thing that really kind of makes me pause is when you talk about the work side of it with Jalen Carter is pro day, right? Like yeah. You think about what happened. You say, okay, he's a good kid, and I'm not saying he's not, right? So please, folks, don't get worked up about this. I haven't I haven't portrayed him as a good or a bad kid or a problem or not, right? I'm just kind of looking at this very broadly. But after everything that happened, the one thing you have control over as a player is your pro day. 
you can't control what happened with the police or the press or what people are saying. The one thing you can do is go out there and, and, and show that you are grit, you work, you are football, and you are the player. He instead put on nine pounds and couldn't complete drills. Yep. That now says, are you willing to roll on that as well? Because you, you now you're kind of connecting a couple dots in the trend. You have a trend line that's not heading up right now. I feel like that, I mean, look, if Tunsil the gas mask, <laughs> this is what he is, right? Then and he falls the way he does. I mean, I th- I feel like Jalen does as well, or at least past the lines. That's just that's my perspective. I think he's a great player. I think he has a lot, yep. a lot to offer. So if you guys were to say we pick Jalen Carter as the Detroit Lions, I'm, I'm not going to argue it. I can see that happening as well. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's all the outside of football stuff that I think makes the team pause before making that, that choice. So, so our, I mean, at, at this point, make an executive decision and, and tell us that Jalen Carter is off the board. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't. You can be the bad guy. I can't. You're right. I can't. Well, it's I can't not being the bad guy. It's just being the, it's being the realistic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you have, you have a reach inside to understand the inner workings of what's happening there better than, you know, clearly what I have going on. So, I mean, if you're telling me that you think Jalen Carter is off their board for all the reasons you just laid out, which was pretty compelling, then I think that it's one of those things that I've just wasted five minutes of everybody's time making that pick. <laughs> and maybe I need to rethink something. It's not Seriously. First time, Scott. It's don't worry about it. It won't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> I bust a child. I, I I will absolutely go with what you guys believe. I just I I think that that this does pull him off the the board for the Lions. I could be wrong. I just don't see that in the soul and the character of the people making the picks. And and, and again, it's not a judgment on what. All right, we're going Devin Weather. It's Bill. We just we just made a different pick. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Russ, did we do that? <laughs> yeah, that that's fine. That's the guy that. I'm starting to believe is their guy. That's what I'm starting to feel. And I I think it makes a lot of sense as everything that we talked about, football guy, grit, getting after it, a guy that put in the work. Witherspoon put in the work. He had a bad hamstring. He couldn't work out for like the last month. And I, I get it. I, I completely get it. You know, as far as it's a little early, I'm I'm completely on board. And I, I have Christian Gonzalez as my top corner, but he I mean Dre Bly's out there catching passes with Witherspoon today, smiling and laughing like they're they're going to Easter Sunday together this weekend. And it's like, you know, I don't know. He just kind of feels like a Lions type of player for what everything we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look. I'll, I'll be. I'll be completely honest. I'm. I'm in love with Witherspoon. I love his game. I think he brings a lot to this team. I think he is the kind of guy. Six is a little bit reachy, a little bit rich to grab him. I get it. But as, as goofy as this draft looks early, I think the value he's going to bring to the team is worth a six-round pick, especially compared to the other people sitting on the value board, if you will, at the yeah. at the various positions. So, all right, let's move on. Detroit Sorry, Lions. everybody. <laughs> Detroit Lions take Devin Witherspoon. We move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And um, I think I know where I go, but where do you guys go? <laughs> This one's me, huh? Yeah, well, for it, brother. Nah. What? Ah, man, this one's tough. Jalen Carter staring me in the face. Uh, Will Levis is there. But, you know, I- I'm going to go with a guy that I could see wearing the Raider, the-, the black and silver, the Raiders colors, everything about it. I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez, the corner Oregon. That would be the guy 
that if I were them, I would take him. Uh, they need help in their secondary. You, you got to try to limit guys like Justin Herbert, uh, potentially Russell Wilson in Denver, and obviously Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. You got to try to stop those guys as, as much as you can to at least give your offense a chance. And I, I know they, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo and they could very well go Will Levis here, but I, I think you want to have Garoppolo and boost some confidence around him, show, hey, you're our guy. Uh, we don't need to bring in a backup quarterback right away, even though I know they're doing their due, di- their due diligence on the QB position. But Gonzalez is staring me in the face. I love the athleticism. I love the length at the catch point that he plays with. He's super aggressive there. I, I think with the oily hips, the fluidity, you throw it all in together. I think he can be a shutdown corner. And, and I think that's what the Raiders need. They haven't had that since Charles Woodson. So bring him in and, and hope for the best. Scott. So with, with Gonzalez... I get the value, and I think he is—he is a silly athlete. Like it is just ridiculous to watch him run routes for receivers and 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 pattern match and all those things. But the where I struggle with him is if is with his physicality. Like I, I look at the Georgia game and I see him responsible for three touchdowns that Georgia scores on them, and two of them are are. You know, they're running plays, but it's still, he's the end man on the line of scrimmage and he's just like, yeah, you know, and it's, to me, it's just like, it's weird. And then there's all, there's a little bit of, uh, he'll, he'll give up plays. Like he's in perfect position, 20 yards, 20 plus yards down the field. He, I mean, he's in ridiculous position and he'll still give up catches where it's just like, we got to dial up the competitiveness. So yeah, that's. That's kind of like, not that I'm disagreeing with with your opinion or any of that stuff. I just I don't see him as a, as aggressive as I want him to be, because he's in position so much because of how he moves. Yep. He moves like a rare guy. It's just mm-hmm. I you know I want him to to play more fiery. Yep. That's and just that, that's about it. Everything else, I, you know, I totally agree with you. Just to, and I just think that's a, it's a good fit for. For what where Vegas is, if they're not going to address their old line, Gonzalez is a fine player. And just a quick, uh, quick shout out. Yes, I know there's folks that are not in on Witherspoon at that position. There's no trades right now. We're trying to find the the best prospect on the board at that spot, and we kind of talked ourselves out of Jalen Carter, trying to put ourselves in the head of. We had a good conversation about things that they're likely doing. Yes, conversation they're having. Yeah, I saw Kayvon Thibodeau at this come exact up. moment. Yeah, I saw Kayvon Thibodeau come up in the conversation, and there's an example from last year, a guy who had less red flags, right? That they weren't interested in. Now, Hutch was definitely a much better player, I think, and we've we've seen that year on year. But at draft time, that was that was not as assured as it as they thought it was. All right, so no trades. Um, we're looking at potentially Christian Gonzalez to the the Raiders. Bish, are you in on that? Yeah, it's fine. It's like I said, he's he runs, he moves uh, unlike any other corner in this class. It's ridiculous the way he moves. He, Russ, you described him with oily hips. He could be an incredible dancer. He really could be. Maybe the there. You know, I mean, the running is in the family. He he moves crazy. It's can you get him a little more competitive? And if you can, great pick. It's a good it's a good position for him. I do think they they need offensive line help, but you know, are we in a place where it's a little early for this particular group of O linemen? 
And I think we're getting to a point where they're going to start to come off the board. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, you know, I, it's fine. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with it. It's fine. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. We'll move on then. We go to Atlanta at number eight. Um, any quarterbacks on the board? <laughs> what do we do? Where are we at, Scott? What do you think for uh, our uh, friends down in Atlanta? So I have them needing an edge player, a wide receiver, a cornerback, and a quarterback, right? And maybe like linebacker later. Um, we're kind of we've kind of exhausted the edge position, so I'm not sure there's one in this area where where you would feel comfortable doing that. So, um, I don't even want to say this out loud what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. Is Jackson Smith and Jigba a player here? To me, he is a perfect complement to Drake London. I mean, like, yep. like it couldn't be better. And you throw you throw Jackson Smith and Jigba with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and it's find a quarterback and you're good to go. That's kind of where I yeah. am. No. And I know it's early. No, I I think it's a phenomenal pick. And I think it's one of those where in my Mach 1.0 with Fantasy Pros, uh, that's who I have Atlanta taking. I, I love what he provides in pre-shift motions from orbit motions and jet motions. He can play in the slot. He can play inside-outside. As you mentioned, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I, I love the fit there. And I think it would be you know one of those guys that it's helping Desmond Ritter. That's what you have to do here in this draft. You have to put weapons around him to make sure he's the guy because he seems like that's going to be the guy that they draft. So that's what I would do. All right, locking it in. Jackson Smith and Jigba is our guy. Uh, quick review. Again, a no-trade draft, so we're stuck picking where we pick, and we try to put ourselves in the heads of the GM, looking at the team's needs. Uh, started out with Carolina taking Bryce Young. Houston taking Tyree Wilson. Arizona with Will Anderson Jr. Uh, Indianapolis took Anthony Richardson. Seattle took C.J. Stroud. The Detroit Lions took Devin Witherspoon. Las Vegas took Christian Gonzalez, and Atlanta took Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. There we go. We're now on to a, tr- a pick that I'm... I, this is one that's going to drive people nuts, I think. <laughs> and um, I think it's going to drive me nuts, but it's just... It is the world we live in today in the imaginary world that we're doing in our mock draft. We have Chicago picking at number nine, having traded with the Carolina Panthers before we started. Um, Russ, where are you at, man? Number nine. Well, I know the I know the Bears have done a lot of research on the player Jalen Carter. I know they've done a lot of homework on him. I I'm, I'm really considering it here, and I, I think it could be the the pick. But I'll be honest, I I do think offensive line is very much in play here, and I I think Paris Johnson from Ohio State, a familiar face with Justin Fields, you bring a guy like that in six six. I mean, just super athletic you know, 35-inch arms, this guy can play left tackle for them. And and, and Braxton Jones did fine, you know, a great find for this organization. But if he's more of your right tackle, you bring in Paris Johnson, he can play on the left side. I think it's a phenomenal fit. Um, and, and that would be the guy that I go with just simply because of, you know, the familiar face with, with Justin Fields. Send it in. Sold. Sold. All right, there we are. Paris Johnson, very quickly... Sold to the uh, what do they call the Chicago Bears? That's their name. 
Sorry. Um, yeah. I'm trying to produce and talk at the same time, and I'm not smart enough. Well, the next one's going to be super simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is crazy. I, okay. Uh, uh, well, I'll wait. I'll wait to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Philadelphia Eagles well, at 10 overall. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> so last year, the Philadelphia Eagles make a little mini trade up, and they come up and they get Jordan Davis, right? Yep. And Trayvon Walker goes one overall last year. But the best player on that defensive line last year was not Trayvon Walker, and it was not Jordan Davis. It was Jalen Carter. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles are an older defense, but you took Jordan Davis last year. You add Jalen Carter to that defensive line. You already know what it looks like, right? And it's just it's a matter of can you overcome everything that you described earlier, and you're now at a point where I think the risk is if I was willing to do it at six, I'm willing to do it at 10. <laughs> um, I think, it, you know, to me, it's like they're running to the podium to make that pick. And it, that is a nightmare. That would be a nightmare for teams to deal with. And this is an older team kind of getting out of their winning window. And this might help them stay in that winning window a little longer. Completely agree. I, I think it's a... I think that's the guy. Um, if we could trade up, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a swap from 10 to 6. It really wouldn't surprise me by any means if he's there. And that's where the Lions move back to 10. They get, you know, maybe maybe pick 94 or something like that. And 31. it's it's one of those, you know, maybe they get pick 94. They get a, a second rounder next year or something like that. And they take the corner at 10, like Witherspoon. And, and Carter goes out at 6 with, with Philly. And and one thing just to add is just the the, the two guys that kept Jalen Carter in line at Georgia were Nicobe Dean and, and and Jordan Davis and both those guys are in Philadelphia. It's a home run and, and they love defensive linemen. They love linemen. So I think it's just just send it. Yep. All right. We've got it. We have got Jalen Carter who. Mind you, right? And and now this is us talking, so maybe we have a bias, but he's he's fallen to ten overall, which is, is stunning compared to you know yeah. before before the combine, right? I mean, completely different. Yeah, because I, I honestly, I pre combine, I do think he was the best player in the draft. Yeah. Now I'm not not including quarterbacks in that conversation because that because the value so you know inflated with that position, but best pure football player in the draft to me is Jalen Carter. And for a team like the Eagles to get him, it just makes me a little pissed. Yeah, and I know it's not happening, but I'm still pissed about it. <laughs> I it's it, that's that's completely fair. But then again, though, Jalen Carter isn't going to win the Super Bowl for the for the Eagles. No one of these players is going to win. You know, they're all starters. They're all going to make all these teams better, or most of them are going to make these teams better. But uh, it's one pick, and you're talking about levels of levels of difference on each one. So. Um, I think there's a lot of other things a team's way. So we'll move on. All right, Tennessee at 11. Um, there's a quarterback on the board. God, if I'm Tennessee, I'm, I'm not trotting Malik Willis out there. <laughs> Scott, where where are you at for Tennessee, brother? Is it my pick? Is it? Oh, oh it's Russ. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm trying. I, was, I, got, I, I don't know. I can do it. It, but I, I want to take you know, away the Russ, glory from I, Russ. This is Russ's glory right here. I know. I don't. I feel bad. What, Russ, what do you think? Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see Will Levis here. I could see the Titans moving up potentially all the way up to three to potentially make it happen. Um, and I, I think, I, I mean, I, I'm torn between two guys, Will Levis or Peter Skaronsky. 
And I can make a case for both guys. Karonsky kind of, I think, fits what they look for in offensive linemen, right? You're talking about, you know, versatility. Sure, he's got shorter arms, but I think he can still play tackle. I mean, 32 and a quarter is not ideal, but they did lose Nate Davis at guard this past year. They, they obviously lost Taylor Lewan. They let him go. So I think there's a need there on the offensive line. And I, I would certainly make Skoronsky the pick if I were them, just simply because I still like Malik Willis. I'd give him a shot, uh, but it's not about that. So uh, that said, I, I, I'm going to say Will Levis, just simply for the sake that, you know, hey, they, they've got to go and, and win football games. they got to compete in a division that's no longer just, you know, a cakewalk. I mean, you, you see Houston, they've got, you know, an, an edge rusher here in this draft. And then you look at, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they did with Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. So uh, I'll say uh, I'll say Will Levis. It's an interesting uh, dynamic between uh, what happened with Malik Willis. The general manager who drafted him is no longer there. And I think the idea that they're tied to him because they took him in the third round is just like, they, Mike Vrabel, if Mike Vrabel wants nothing to do with Malik Willis, which kind of looked like that at the end of the season, yeah. they're moving on. And, yeah. you know, uh, the best. So to me, at this point, it's Hendon Hooker and, and Will Levis. And um, Will Levis just seems like a Tennessee guy. You know, I just... I don't even know what that means because he's already on the he's already on the roster. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Me. Yeah. I mean that's kind of like it, right? Like that's it's streamlined. It's you know, you have an athletic guy who is a toolsy player. You know, I don't mind, it's fine. All right. Will Levis it is. Jim Drunken Miller. Well, Levis, it is. Speaking of tools, we're back to Houston and Jeff Risen's visit. Uh what's going on, Scott? <laughs> Who did we take? We took well. We took Levis for Tennessee. Oh, you, you. I'm no, but did we took. Did we take Tyree Wilson for Houston? At yes, Tyree yeah. Wilson for okay. Houston. So they're they're going to miss out on the quarterback market, um, unless they take Hendon Hooker, which is super intriguing. Uh, you have Davis Mills to get you over the however long it's going to take for Hooker to get to get recovered. I think Hooker is going to go sooner than people think. Um, I know that Tennessee offense is really bizarre, and I and I, you know, and so, for some ways, I think it helps their receivers, uh, with some of those choice routes and all those things that they do down the field. But uh, to me, Hooker's a really good quarterback. He's a very intriguing prospect. It's just if they're out on quarterback at two, are you are you reaching on one at twelve? And I don't know that the logic fits. Um, unless they like, unless they really like Hendon Hooker, I have been, it, it, you know, it makes me wonder, but I think at this point it's O-line, D-line, um, edge is always, you know, in the equation. Um, you have Laramie Tunsil. I do think you need some O-line help. Um, is it too soon for a player you might consider as a right tackle? Uh, maybe not. You know, I mean, it's. Darnell Wright to me is in in this. This is about the range where I think he'll be, uh, where he'll be considered. I think he's a he's a starter from day one kind of thing. Agree. Um, I I think you could do a lot worse than you could do a lot worse than than address your O line and your D line with a with a, a guy who's sort of a. I mean, the new coach is is all about that, 
So to me, I, I'm, I'm looking at Darnell Wright and thinking that's a nice way to start as we go Tyree Wilson, super physical uh, defensive end and right tackle, super physical, maybe one of the most physical players in the draft. Darnell Wright, I know it's a little early, but to me that's that makes sense and it's a good start for Houston. Now, Russ, we talked about the fact that they they've got the capital or whatever to grab a quarterback, um, and and that's why we went with Tyree early. Do you think they go quarterback, or are you thinking they're going to protect what they've got with a Darnell Wright type right now? No, I, I love this fit. I I really do. And and there's there's I don't think there's a team in this draft that has more draft capital than the Houston Texans. I I, I genuinely believe the Texans are going to follow what the Jets did last year and end up with three first round picks. And I'm going to be honest. The Ravens have said, hey, we want more picks. They might trade out of the first round completely. It's a big jump, right, from 22 to 33, but they can get a ton of draft capital. And we used to say the Texans don't, you know, I know in this mock draft, we're not going to do it, but the Texans could move up into pick 22 or something like that and get Hendon Hooker, Darnell Wright, and Tyree Wilson, and everybody's going to say they won the draft after one night. And I, I love this fit because you just look at, you know, you mentioned D'Amico Ryan's a defensive-minded coach. He's going to get a guy that he would probably love to play as a free technique in the middle of his defense. And, you know, he's going to get him at right tackle. I, I think Titus Howard's a bit of a liability there. You have to you have to get protection for either Davis Mills or the next guy. I love the snatch trap technique that Darnell Wright has, heavy hands. I love the fit. I, I think it's, it's a home run. Sold. I'm bitter because I really, 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 really wanted him in Detroit. At 18th. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. a very, very special player. I think, um, yeah. and, and the, what he gives you as a team for leverage with the upcoming contract with Decker, as much as I love Decker, Decker, what he's 30 right now, right? Um, yeah. You start thinking about that, and here's a guy that can play guard immediately, can kick out to right tackle, and you can bring Penay over, who's who's shown he's he's class at left tackle that's that's i mean that's when he got in that fight and beat aaron donald's ass i mean he's a guy that can go do that and um it gives you all kinds of uh ability it gives you uh backup it gives you a whole lot of a lot of juice on that line to pick up a guy like that so i hate to see him go but there he is the houston texas at 12 we are with the new york jets at 13 and that is which one of you is the odd one (laughs) That's me. I'm the odds. Thanks, Russ. I got to write this down. All right. (laughs) At 13, the New York Jets are in the mix. Go ahead, Russ. Yeah. The the guy that they've met with, I think, the most from the offensive line has been Broderick Jones from Georgia. And I I just, I think he fits what they're looking for. You know, Makai Becton is, I, I think his days are numbered there in New York. They, they need to figure it out on the offensive line. We'll see if they even have this pick if the Aaron Rodgers thing ever happens. But that said, you're getting a highly athletic tackle. He's got the desired foot speed to handle faster pass rushers. You love the long arms, almost 35 inches. I like the way he operates in space. For a player that's 6'5", 3'11", like, he, he can really pull. The biggest thing is he's just considered raw. I mean, only 19 studs in his collegiate career. I think his hand speed and, and timing with his punch could be a little bit faster and more consistent. But overall, I think the tools are there, and you put him in there, and he can be a, a potential plug-and-play guy for, for you, and he'll learn as he goes, right? Like, that's the thing. He's going to be a guy that needs the reps, the, the pro reps, and it's 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 what the tackle position is. You're never going to learn it in practice against the practice squad guys. You're going to learn it by playing against Aaron Donald and the J.K. Watts and the Von Millers and stuff. So I, I think he makes a ton of sense at 13. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're addressing... 
you know, uh, up front on either side of the ball. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Even if you have like like Christopher mentioning the Lions with Decker and Penny Sewell and adding a player like Darnell Wright at 18, and it just takes a tiny little uh, vision to see in two years you're set at offensive tackle for a long time. And in the meantime, he could play at right guard for you. You know what I mean? Like there's versatility there. Yep. Um, it's just that's that's the value in, in hitting, you know, the offensive line and defensive lines building out from the ball. You know, I, it's fine. I mean, it's a good pick. And, and you know, I don't know what they're going to do with back then. I, have, I don't even know if they know what they're going to do with back then. You know, they need help. So, yeah. you know, it's a good pick. It, it works just fine. And we, we landed on Broderick Jones, right? Is that what I heard? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good. Sorry. Doing a little production <laughs> while, while we're talking. Just want to make sure I don't mess, mess this up. Okay. So the New York Jets take Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. We move on then to the even up guy, <laughs> Bish. Uh, you've got the New England Patriots on the clock. Uh, who are you looking at? I know they've shopped their quarterback quite a bit <laughs> by rumor has it yeah it's a really interesting dynamic isn't it like is you know what are they going to get in return for a player like mac jones and would they be in the lamar market i don't know um if for our purposes here i think brian branch is where new england would go just because of how that nickel safety whatever position you want to call that uh, the extra, you know, uh, defensive back who, who's really effective close to the ball. Uh, Branch is really, really good. I know he didn't test great, but it's one of those things where you don't care. Uh, as long as you're not asking him to play like as a deep center field safety, I don't really care what his testing is because his instincts are so good and, you know, everything else about him, his game is just is is really really polished um he he screams patriots player to me yeah russ i think that's that was a sound (laughs) sound agreement with yeah no i i would make it i could make a case for peter skoronsky but i i completely agree brian branch makes a ton of sense just looking at the defense there you know jalen mills adrian phillips i feel i feel like adrian phillips has been playing since 2004 um you know they Somebody else in there at that safety spot, you know, Miles uh, Bryant's a restricted free agent, so I, I think it's a home run. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just as I'm thinking about it, as you mentioned Lamar, I just I have this. It it seems like it'd be really funny to see Lamar and Belichick in a room together building out the offense. I just I just think that there's there's comedic value <laughs> there waiting to happen. It, is. <laughs> it, it screams cognitive dissonance, doesn't it? Like yeah, it yeah. just doesn't yeah. fit. But Randy Moss fit over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't sit in the room working out plays with, with Belichick every no. day. You know, that was Brady's job. He was kind of the buffer, but that's yeah. that that would be an interesting. But you are, you know, Belichick is 70-something years old and the desperation at the end kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Does he really need one more ring, though? Come on. Next. After he needs one more for craft after Putin stole his. All right, let's yeah. Go on. <laughs> Green Bay Packers FTP. They are picking at fifteen. We're uh, we're getting close here to the halfway point. We're going to start uh, rolling a little bit quicker, but we have Green Bay up on the clock. And uh, Russ, this is yours, man. 
Yeah, I, th- I think this is one of the more overlooked players in the class. It's Miles Delphi the edge from, from Clemson. Uh, and I get it, the production dropped this past year. I, I get it, he kind of runs hot and cold from time to time. His hands aren't always consistent. He's got actually really tiny hands. I got small hands. I say it on every show I'm on. I got white gas and sliders over here. And uh, this guy's got eight and a half inch hands. But, you know, you just, he screams Green Bay. And you look back at, you know, a few years ago, Rashawn Gary. These guys are almost identical as far as measurables go. I mean, Gary was 6'4", 277. Nerfie's 6'4", 268. Uh, Nerfie ran his 40 and 451. His uh, shuttle time was 428. Gary's shuttle time was 429. I mean, you just pinpoint it. He screams Green Bay. Gary's getting healthy. You put these two guys on the edge. I mean, I, I think it makes a ton of sense. And I think they run to the podium if he's there. There you go. Yeah, Scott? You, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's he is a player I was hoping would come who would who would uh, show up at pick eighteen, and it'd be one of those, yeah, kind of picks, because yeah, he does some of the things that Tyree Wilson does do as a pass rusher. Yeah. So, um, yeah. right, like yeah, you know, it'd be a great start for the Lions to go corner and edge rusher, and I don't care which way you went about it, you know. Like if you take Murphy at six and Witherspoon at eighteen, cool, yeah. But um, obviously he's off the board. It's a good pick, and it makes sense. There you go. All right, Miles Murphy sold to the Green Bay Packers, and we move on to the Washington Red. Ah, uh, no, uh, uh, co- Red Tails, the communists of Washington. <laughs> who knows who who owns this team anymore? Who knows what's going to be left behind? I have a feeling that uh, Schneider's even going to steal the wallpaper off the walls before he goes. What oh, yeah. kind of guy he is? Scott, put your mind in the crazyville. What are you looking at there to watch? So, I think you're looking at needing corner. Um, and at this point, you're looking at maybe Joey Porter Jr. or Deontay Banks. Um, I think you definitely need O line. Uh, and if the, and if that's the case. You need a guard and you need a center. Now, I don't know exactly who their tackles are, but Skaronsky to me is a player who, if he fails as a tackle, can play at a high level as a guard. And for the reasons of we're running out of high-end offensive tackles with some versatility, I think he's the pick uh, for need and for what the future holds for them. So, to me, it's, it's Skaronsky. Yeah, you you won't hear any you know thing out of me on that one. I I think it's a it's a great pick. It's Brandon Sheriff two So I I think it's a phenomenal pick, and um, that's the direction I would go. All right, as Lois would say, Peter Peter Skaronski, he is out of there. <laughs> uh, we'll move on then. Uh, pick number seventeen, we're over halfway. They are in with the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, and I, and I'll tell you the guy who had me fooled uh, last year. Uh, Steelers coach at Senior Bowl was all over Malik. I mean, he was on him like flies on on Dookie. He was he he was shoving Lions coaches out of the way to get close because he was so I shitted. Sh- I showed my wife that video and I said, "You see the way he's looking at that quarterback? I would like for you to look at me like that." She <laughs> she, she too passed on you. So we moved. It didn't go well. <laughs> she did. I didn't put that together. But that was pretty funny, Chris. I'll see you guys later. 
Yeah. <laughs> Honey, you did it. <laughs> All right. Pittsburgh Steelers, Russ, this is up to you. Please save us from uh, my terrible joke at Scott's expense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, if, if Skaronsky was, was here, I'd run to the podium. And the, the way that they kind of, the way Mike Tomlin's made it look, it looks like he's looking at offensive linemen. I mean, he was essentially playing center at, at senior bowl practices at, during some of the drills. But I, I would, I, I think Anton Harrison makes a lot of sense for them. But I, I don't know if it's too soon. I don't think so. He screams Pittsburgh Steeler. He's just fierce. He's He can move. He's got the length. I think he can play either tackle spot. And it seems like they're committed in in making sure that Kenny Pickett takes the next step as a quarterback and getting better. And as much as it would be a feel-good story for Joey Porter Jr. to play in Pittsburgh, I mean, dreams aren't always reality, right? So I, I think Ann Harrison is just, he screams Green Bay, or uh, Pittsburgh to me, excuse me. So I, I think that this one, it, it makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. All right, all right. And I'm excited about the next pick. All right, I'm going to grab him while we talk. And um, Scott, you have number 18. You're still still recovering from the the wound. I apologize. Uh, go ahead and hit us with. Um, no, listen. Have- the conversation that we had, I thought was really good because I was, you know, admittedly pretty sold on Carter. And then you started talking, and it was like, huh, huh, and you changed my mind. And I, you know, I mean, part of this is that we're we're informing ourselves. And Chris, I know you. We talk, and I know I know that you have reach to where your perspective on what they may do informs a lot of the way I think about what they may do. So, I mean, I, I think it's great that we can have this conversation about Jalen Carter, and I can have a bit of an entrenched position on it, and then within a few minutes, change my mind when presented with really good information. So thank you. I and mean, I, I really, I mean that it was, I, you know, hopefully for everybody else, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of like, this is what it looks like when, you know, guys get together, teams get together and start talking about prospects. And when there is this kind of stuff go on, this is the kind of way conversations have happen like this. It's the way it goes. And, and so, the hard part for them, good. Scott, I hate to jump in and sorry to interrupt. The hard part no, for them is, is they have these conversations over and over, over a course of weeks. And how hard is it not to suddenly kind of convince yourself of something? I mean, you wind up with a Bay of Pigs situation in some situations, right? You convince yourself this is absolutely the right thing to do. It, well, who would think anything else? This is obvious. You've, you've talked yourself into kind of a corner and to be able to do this at a high level and not talk yourself into a, a tough spot as a team over the course of weeks is, is an incredible skill that I think is undersold for a lot of teams. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I think we're, we're now at, at pick 18, correct? Yes. Jamie Clark is channeling me. His crush is at a Bawore. Bijan is super tempting. We're at 18. The Lions are on the clock. Scott, you have the uh, the card on your hand. What does it say? So it could be Adebawari. It would be totally reasonable for it to be Adebawari. Um, it could be uh, it could be Bijan. I would love for it to be Bijan. The part that 
I struggle with is that you just gave David Montgomery a little bit of money, right? Mm-hmm. But Bijan is a super talented player, and I can't imagine how great – he would do great things behind this offensive line. I mean, like, great things. Yeah. Um, In the end, to me, because there's so much value, I'm looking at Hendon Hooker. He's still available, right? Yes, he is. Yep. I don't think that's a bad way to go. I, I you know, thoughts. I mean, it's I have thoughts. <laughs> I always have what are your thoughts. No, I want I want Russ to go. I don't want to poison the well. Uh, go ahead, Russ. No, like this is the weird thing with with us as Lions fans, right? Like we've never had this before. Like I, no matter what direction they go at six, eighteen, all the way down the line, I don't think I could be mad at the pick. Like I really don't think I can be mad at it, and that's a weird feeling because I feel like. This is how the Buffalo Bills felt two, three years ago when they started building around Josh Allen. And then they like would be able to just kind of take whoever they needed to. And that's kind of the case here. Like you could make a case that you need Hendon Hooker because your backup quarterback situation is trash. And you need something behind Jared Goff. And you need to figure out what's your long term answer there at quarterback. If you can't find a reasonable contract for Hendon Hooker, then it's it's one of those situations. And before we did this show, I did a show in Green Bay, um, and I, we we talked about Hendon Hooker potentially at fifteen. And it was a weird conversation. And it was like, you know, it's actually a, a smart thought because you don't know what Jordan Love's going to be, and you are preventing a team like Detroit at eighteen and a team like Minnesota at twenty three to potentially take a guy who's been rumored to take Hendon Hooker, and you could prevent anybody else from having him. And you can just dangle him there like a like a carrot, and that's your guy. And Jordan Love could be awesome, or he could be terrible, and you have a backup plan. And that's the case here with Jared Goff. He had a great year this past year. He had a pretty good first year here. But who's to say he doesn't regress? So I'm on board with it. I, I I know that they're connected to him, and I know they loved him at the Senior Bowl. I think Chris, when I saw you down there, we talked a little bit about it, and just yeah. I mean they're they're in on him. It just is what it is, and I I think he makes sense. It's rich, but he's it's. Everything's pointing he's going in the first round, so I like it. Here's here's the thing that, that I think about Hooker, right? And I and I'm I, I love Bijan, I love Edebowore, and you guys know I'm I'm a golf believer. I believe golf has the skills, but what Hedden Hooker does is he kind of fills two roles. Number one, he's your backup quarterback, and he's I don't want to say he's no different, but he, you don't have to change anything. From how you play Jared Goff. Your offense is the same with either him or Goff there. So you've drafted a backup that allows you to keep your game plan and run. If something were to happen to Goff in a game, you're not out. You're, you you have probably the best case scenario as a backup, mm-hmm. potentially in the league at that point, right? You also, you start to play the odds. Goff hasn't been injured in a while. I know you have a line that you think he can stay healthy behind, but man, you, you worry about it. But number two, yeah, he's what, three and a half years younger than Goff, almost, about almost four years younger than Goff, that's an extra four years, again, with the personnel you have. When Goff decides he wants to retire or if he decides he wants a contract that's just insane, this is four more years you have with a guy that fits the mold that you've built in this team. So I think he does kind of fill a number of roles in, for the team and and gives them a lot of flexibility. The Lions are a different team right now than they typically have been in the last decade with a number 18 pick, right? Number 18 pick, there's no luxuries. 
in in the past. There there's just isn't, and they've made some serious luxury picks. Hooker is a little bit of a luxury pick here, but I think God, there's so much potential for what he brings in the Lions, and and really starts to attack that that depth question you have at a, at a at a key position at one of the most at the most important position on the field. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. Okay, all right, I'm going to throw a head and hooker in here. And people are going to hate us, <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I think um, they already did. You build, you build for the future. That's what the draft is all about, right? It's not for today. And the Lions, for once, are in a position where they can start thinking about building for the future. And and, yeah. and they don't need a guy that can start today and put all the pressure on him turning the team around. I mean, could you imagine being Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson walking in? How the hopes and dreams of the Detroit Lions fans are resting on your shoulders, and and then the first six games of the season. I mean, man, I can't. A lot of pressure. Okay, okay, okay. Let's uh, let's get ready to to roll. We're up now to number nineteen, Tampa, Tampa Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's out the door. Um, but very potential trade. Broker there, <laughs> but we're not trading. Uh, Russ, what do you have for Tampa? What's on the What's on the menu over here? Well, I mean, I know they need an offensive tackle. Um, you know, with Tristan Werbs going to be moving over to the left side, they need help on the right side. The ideal fit would be Darnell Wright. I mean, that's going to be the most commonly mocked player to this spot, but I don't think he's going to be there. And again, we've got all the offensive tackles gone, so I'm going to just go defense here. And we always wonder where's Kalijah Kansi going to fit. And I think Tampa is a perfect spot. You plug him in as a three technique next to Vita Vea, who's going to play as a as a zero shade, and you get a guy that's going to get one on one matchups against a ton of guards. He's going to just it's going to be havoc. It's going to be chaos down there. I, I think it's a it's a great fit. They need help at the interior interior defensive line. Greg Gaines, they added him, but like Greg Gaines does not move the needle for me. Kalisha can't see with that athleticism, and I'm terrified of the arms. I get it. The sure arms, I'm with you. But the fit just makes too much sense. I think it's a it's a home run pick at 19 to get a, a player that, that's got the explosiveness and that type of talent. Yeah, and the fit next to Vita Vea is pretty intriguing. Like, I mean, he, he, you know, he is he has such upper body twitch, but his hand usage, it's so quick. I that it's over before it's almost started. And that's why I don't yeah. really care so much. As a pass rusher, I don't care so much about the short arms. Anything may help him. Now, anchoring against the run, totally different story. But, you know, as a pass rusher on the interior, he's a nightmare. A total nightmare. Yep. You know, uh, interior pressure, I think, has become more problematic for quarterbacks than pressure around the edges that they can see and feel. Uh Cansey could be one of those guys that is just a nightmare. Uh, it's so difficult to block. You know, you I mean, yeah. you might even have to commit a running back to him. If you know, in pass pro or H back or something. You know, yeah. 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 That's a good fit. Works. Right. Kalijah Cansey to Tampa out here. And we move on to number 20, Seattle. And I love the controversy. I love I love the conversation. The Chad folks are going uh, all over the place with it, and it's it's okay. Don't worry. Not I, I saw one person all caps. I will be proven wrong. That's okay. 
I've, I've, I'm due this year. I haven't been yet. And, I, and actually, I didn't catch my wrong in last year. So I've, I've got two to go. Um, all right, Scott, number 20, you have the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Um, they got themselves a C.J. Stroud earlier in the draft. You know, Pete Carroll, maybe he's high on, on Wrigley's right now. He's, uh, he's feeling, a good, feeling it. What are they going to do here at number 20? I think this is where Jordan Addison comes off the board and it is just a perfect fit for an offense. Just pure route runner, uh, technician, athletic enough to get it done, kind of a Tyler Lockett clone. Uh, to me, it's a perfect fit for an offense requiring another weapon. Russ, I don't know what you think, but... I Well, look, I love Jordan Addison. I, I think he's... Um... I, I think he's the best receiver in the draft. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I, I I love the shiftiness. I love the way he sinks his hips and he's able to change direction. Watching him run a, a whip route down in the red zone, I mean, it's it's a it's poetry in motion, man. He's he is so fluid. He is so good. Um, I love this fit. And as we took Stroud earlier, you bring in Addison. You've kind of got you know I don't want to say Tyler Lockett 2.0 because he's nowhere near as explosive or as fast vertically, but he's going to win in the short areas of the field. And you you have DK Metcalf to take the top off the defense, so I love the fit. There you go. All right, Jordan Edison sealed the deal, ready to wheel for the Seattle Seahawks. Now we come in, Russ. You've got a tough decision. Miami at twenty one. They've already penciled in a guy named Four Fighted, but I'm not sure. Is that who they're really sticking with? Four Fighted. Absolutely. Dad, is that you? <laughs> Could be. What's your mom look like? All right, we'll go on twenty-two. <laughs> Scott, it's up to you, man. You're gonna uh, stop now. <laughs> Scott, you had the Chargers off at twenty-two. What do you see uh, happening over there in the uh, darker side of LA? Oh, okay. So needs, um, wide receiver, defensive line. Tight end, linebacker, edge, running back, safety, and tackle. So tell me what's happening with Austin Eckler before I make a pick, and you know where this is going to go. Just take him. It's been done all day. Yeah. 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 I, I, know, I think, you know, there's even any discussion that Eckler is not playing this year, I'm taking Bijan. And I think Eckler's had that discussion himself. I think it was today or yeah. yesterday. I saw. I mean, he's pretty clear. Pretty clear that nothing's going on there. All right, Bijan, it is moving on to number twenty-three. The Baltimore Ravens. They've got uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson ready to have another MVP here over there. Uh, Russ, where are you going at twenty-three in Baltimore? Well, I, I got to ask a question. Where where the hell did the nickname Snoop Huntley come from? Well, who, who gave him Snoop? He was Tyler Huntley his whole career in college at Utah. Fine kid, and now he's Snoop Huntley. I, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know. But that said, the Ravens, look, I don't think they're going to go the traditional way of wide receiver. I know Quentin Johnson is staring us in the face, and he'd be a great fit. But... I, I think it's a corner. I think that's what they're going to do. And when Joey Porter Jr. staring there, I mean, great lay. He's really physical. His length, stand, I mean, his arms are so long. And he is he's going to be somebody I think that's even more fluid in the NFL. He screams Baltimore Raven. And it's going to terrify his dad on the other side of the field as, as he's part of the Steelers coaching staff. But I, I just think that's the, the way that they go here. 
Think about him in trail technique. Like, how do you drop? How do you how do you drop one over the top there? Good luck. You can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, no, I I agree. I like Joey Porter Jr. here. Um, the one thing that you are guaranteed to do is chase Lamar out of town, though. <laughs> they they have no targets for the guy. Uh, and and going Joey Porter is a great move. He's going to be a great player for that team. But um, that's that's kind of sticking it to Lamar. And uh, no, left the football that up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Joe Flacco will come back. Yeah. You never know. He's got some minutes yeah. left in him. All right, Minnesota Vikings. Scott, you were there. Uh, they're up at 24. Um, will they pick this year? I guess that's the first question. Or will the clock run out? We'll move on. I think they'll make a pick. Okay. I think I, I do. Uh, not certain, but I think they will. Uh, the pick they make, it it's... Um, we're getting into territory where it's a little bit on the tough side. Uh, it needs our cornerback, D-line, wide receiver, uh, guard, linebacker, and safety. So, Quentin Johnston's available, but I'm not sure he's a great fit for Minnesota's offense. Um, I mean, he's a he's a big outside X receiver, but he, I don't think he's fast enough to to require like safety help over the top mm-hmm. and. I don't know if you guys saw his three cone time today was like DK Metcalf bad. So we're looking at a DK Metcalf type player, just a slower version of that. And I just don't know that that's a fit for what Mike, Mike, what, what, what Minnesota, what the Vikings do on offense. Um, you know, having said that, I don't know. Is this a, is this a Brian Brisset range uh, territory? Is this a, a player that could be, uh, you know, available there is this is this Deontay Banks territory, and to me that's maybe more where it is than anything, and and that's what I would be doing, you know, looking at their needs and how old they are in some areas. Deontay Banks would be a nice fit. Yeah, I, you won't hear me complain. Uh, that's that's where I thought you were going to go. I, that's the direction I would go if I'm then Brian Flores. He needs a press man corner. Um, it, you know, another option would be potentially the. Obviously, we can't do it, but trade back. And I, I do know just by standing next to the guy and listening to him talk about him, he loves Derek Hall. Uh, so I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a Minnesota Viking somewhere down the road uh, in this draft, but maybe not at pick twenty three. So I'm fine with Deontay Banks. Deontay Banks locked in. I see that. I see that very much. So uh, Jacksonville shows up at twenty five. Uh, we're getting in that zone where Jacksonville is not used to picking for sure. <laughs> this is this is very much out of the ordinary, franchise wide. Uh, Russ, you're 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 there. You got Shad Khan stinking the room up. What are you doing for your your pick at twenty five? Man, I struggle with this one because there's so much talent on the board. I mean, Brian Brzee staring at my, you know, staring me in the face. It's a Clemson guy. You, you've seen him do it over the last couple of years, just plucking guys out of Clemson. I, I like the opportunity to draft the tight end. I know they have Evan Ingram, but, you know, he's not a long-term fit there. And Michael Mayer is, you know, the most consistent tight end in the draft. And he's just staring me in the face. And I, I think you continue to surround weapons there. And I, I think with him sitting there, I think that's the guy. Um, I know that they've done a lot of work on Will McDonald. Um, 
I know that that's a fact, and, and they've, they've researched him quite a bit, and it could be the pick just to kind of pair up with Trayvon Walker, kind of opposite players from each other. So I like that pairing, but I'm going to say Michael Mayer. I just I, I think he's a, a perfect fit for them, uh, you know, consistent underneath with stick routes and, and the things that he can do. He, he's not super fast, but he somehow creates separation consistently, and I don't understand where it comes from. Uh, he just <laughs> he's a big brain tight end, and he's he's going to be somebody like Kyle Rudolph or Jason Whitney. He's just going to he's he's going to play for 10, 11 years. He's going to be nothing but consistent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. Tight end, first tight end of the the draft, Bish. You think that's where we're going, or where Jacksonville's going? Yeah, yep, yep. It's good. I mean, you know, you could go, you could go Brisset. You could you could take a corner. You could. I mean, there's a there's a lot of ways to go about it. But, um, you know, I I, I think that it's they need help there. You know, um, he can help as a blogger too. So it's not like he's not a. You know, everybody said they, they already got Evan Ingram. No, he's a different player than Ingram. So yeah, he helps the offense in a, in a variety of ways. All right, yeah, that 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 offense would be stacked. I mean, I, I don't mean to cut you off, Chris, but I mean mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, Calvin Rid- Calvin Ridley coming there. You got Evan Ingram. You throw a Michael Mayer. I mean, Zay Jones. It, that's a that's a good recipe for Trevor Lawrence. All right. We're going to move on to the uh, the New York Fumble Giants. They've lost Kenny Galladay, obviously one of the biggest hits to that team. Will they recover? Who knows? Uh, it's doubtful. Scott, what do you do when you lose such a key player like Kenny Galladay? <laughs> um, oh, it's crazy to say this, but I, I think you're ignoring the receiver position potentially again because you need help on the on the offensive interior. Um, the Minnesota interior offensive lineman, the Minnesota center, I think is a perfect fit here. Uh, and it's about the range where, where they start coming off the, the interior offensive line players. Um, I think he can play at a high level right now. Uh, the question is, is do they, do they fall in love with a player like, like, uh, you know, some of the receivers like Zay Flowers? is one of them. Yeah. Now, the problem is they have a bunch of small receivers already. So if you're not looking at Quentin Johnston, because maybe you don't like the route running and some of the athletic ups, uh, you know, the profile, uh, I think you're looking at the Minnesota center and being pretty comfortable with it. All right. You thinking John Michael Schmitz is on the on the board here, uh, Russ? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I think that's the, the direction I would go if, if it's not going to be Quentin Johnston. And, you know, as we talk about the three-cone drill and stuff like that, it kind of starts making me, and he can't really separate. He struggles against physical defenders, starts getting me kind of thinking back to Kenny Galladay in a sense. And it's like, do they do they potentially want to take that risk again? So, uh, and I agree with Zay Flowers, that you've got enough of those slot type of receivers. So I, I would take John Michael Schwinn if I was in that. That's a perfect fit. It's a plug-and-play center, and that's what they need. Yeah. All right, we're in, book it. We're up to f- pick number 27 now as we roll through this. I'm going to run through the picks really quick just so uh, everybody's up to speed. Uh, we have the scroll in the bottom if you haven't seen it, but uh, Carolina goes with Bryce Young, Houston, Tyree Wilson, Arizona, Will Anderson Jr., Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson, Seattle, C.J. Stroud, the Detroit Lions land with cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Uh, Christian Gonzalez goes to the Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta, 
Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Chicago with Paris Johnson. Philadelphia with Jalen Carter. Tennessee, Will Levis. Houston, Darnell Wright. The Jets take Broderick Jones. The New England Patriots with Brian Branch. Green Bay Packers go with the end. Defensive end, Miles Miles Murphy. Washington takes Peter Skaronsky. Pittsburgh, Anton Harrison. Uh, Hendon Hooker to the Detroit Lions at 18. Uh, Kalijah Kansi to Tampa. Uh, Jordan Addison to Seattle. Mr. Four Fight It to uh, Miami. Bijan Robinson to the Chargers. Joey Porter Jr. to Baltimore. Deontay Banks to Minnesota. Michael Mayer to Jacksonville. And John Michael Schmitz, sounds like an actor, goes to the New York Giants. We're on to number 27. Russ, you are in place of, I apologize for putting you in these shoes, but you are Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I struggle with this one because... I could see them going in a variety of ways. I mean, Dalton Kincaid is there. I think that they could look at upgrading, you know, with, with Dalton Schultz gone. Um, I I could see, you know, potentially Zay Flowers as well. But I'm going to go with Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. Um, I, I think he can play a variety of roles for them. I think he could even play as a will at time. And, and their starting will right now projected is Damon Clark out of LSU. And I loved him coming out of LSU, but... He had that spinal surgery, and I mean, that's not a sure thing. So, I mean, that's a pretty big injury. I, I think you get Nolan Smith here. You're, you're getting a vicious, violent player. Uh, my colleague, Anthony Proashker, I cover one, describes him as a raptor. So, you know, he's one of those guys that's just violent, man. And I I like him. I, I think he, you know, that 4 3 nine, 40, the 41 and a half inch vertical, he's explosive. And I think you pair him with Micah Parsons. You can get those guys in space, you can rush the passer. I, I think it's a great fit, and um, you know it's not necessarily the top need, but I think it's somebody that just it kind of fits. There you go, uh, Nolan Smith. Is that your guy, Scott? Yeah, it works just fine. I I hate that for the Lions having to play them this year. That's definitely why you need your your Henning Hooker backup ready to go. Yeah, man, oh man, that is an ugly. Ass rushed there in Dallas. All right, we move on. 28 Buffalo. Scott, you have the Buffalo Bills, the 28th position. Um, tell me why they're putting um, Zay Flowers out there or not. Tell me what, what you got for the Buffalo Bills. Well, they definitely need help at receiver. And if, I mean, if we're saying Zay Flowers is available, I think pencil it in. It just, they need explosiveness out of that position. I think there's some frustration from from uh, Stefan Diggs about just you know some of the ways the offense has gone, but in the end, Josh Allen needs more weapons, and Zay Flowers is an explosive dude who can play. Uh, it's a nice fit. Robert, did I steal your thunder too, Russ? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no, you're good. I I think it's a I think it's a great fit. They need a guy in the slot. Think Zay Flowers kind of plugs and plays there, and I think it's a it's a great spot for for Josh Allen and, and that offense to keep you know keep moving forward. All right, four picks left in the draft. Russ, we're going to go with you. We have Zay Flowers going to the Buffalo Bills. Cincinnati is up. Uh, obviously, deep need for quarterback there. <laughs> uh, what do you think uh, the, the Bengals are doing, Russ? Man, uh, again, another tough one. I mean, there's a, a bunch of different players that I think kind of fit what they're looking for. Uh, He's, I mean, he's there, and I got to take him. It's Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. I know they brought in Herb Smith, but it's a one-year deal. He's coming off an injury. You never know what you're going to get there. And they, they got a lot of luck with Hunter Henry this past year. 
But uh, with, with Dalton Kincaid there, you're getting a guy, he, sure, he's also coming off an injury, but I think the upside's a lot higher than Irv Smith. And I, I think there's not a, a sh- there's, there's nobody more sure-handed than Dalton Kincaid in this draft as a pass catcher. One career drop, 70 receptions this past year. I think the I think the ceiling's high for him. I think he's going to continue to get better in, in uh, Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. Mr. Bush Bischoff, what do you have for us? Uh-oh. Okay, he's still there. <laughs> no, I'm here. It's uh, So I, I'm going back and forth between Kincaid and Darnell Washington. So we're, I think we've, we're targeting the position. They are totally different players. Um, yeah. If Cincinnati wanted to dial up more power runs, I would say maybe Washington would fit better for what they're doing. But the idea that mm-hmm. they want another weapon and a pass-catching weapon who's a really, really good one tells me that Kincaid is likely the better option. So I'm going to agree that Kincaid is the pick, and I think it makes a lot of sense. All right. Dalton Kincaid lands in Cincinnati. Everybody's happy. And we move on to the New Orleans Saints at number 30. Bish, you've got two picks to make, two more heads to get into before this is all over. I know the pressure's really getting getting heavy here. You're sitting in New Orleans. It's terrible. Where you, where, who are you going to pick, and what are you going to do with it? Oh, so Brisset is still available, correct? Yes, he is. Jameer Gibbs is a player who I think they're, they'd have to be looking at at this point. Yeah. Although, running backs don't go in round one. Uh, I get it. Um, I, Osiris Torrance, I think, would fit here just fine uh, as a player. Um, and then there's some edge players, I think, that, that could fit. Uh, Derek Hall might fit here. Um B.J. Ojolari might be another one who fits. Um, I would say right now I'd be leaning to 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 Torrance, the guard from Florida, a plug and play, uh, you know, bolster the offensive line type. Uh, that's just where I am with it right now. Uh, I could I could make an argument for Gibbs too, but you know I think it's just unrealistic to think that we're going to have two court uh, two running backs at round one this year. So I'm going to go with the guard. Uh, Russ, what do you think? Osiris Torrance is out there. He's he's doing his gator chomp. How's he going to do in Yeah, it's, look, yeah, I'm fine with the, the pick. I, I think it, it makes quite a bit of sense because I do think it's a need to get some interior offensive line help. I will say, it, I, I think if Quinn Johnston was there, though, and he is in this situation, I think he'd be very intriguing. And I, I know that, you know, late last year, that, that kid, uh, Shahid, started just coming out of nowhere and started making plays, but that was with a completely different quarterback. I don't know if he can necessarily yeah. do those types of, you know, those deep routes with Derek Carr, but you bring in Quentin Johnston, what he can do after the catch. You've got Chris Olave over the middle of the field. You've got Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas isn't a sure thing. And, I mean, you're bringing in Derek Carr. You, we, we've seen what he is without weapons. You, you bring him another pass catcher, and... Johnston's limited, I think, as an athlete, but he is pretty explosive after the catch. And I think there's, I think there's some intrigue there. I think it would be a, you know, an ideal fit. Just speaking, you know, out loud. But I would be fine with Torrance if, if that was the case. Well, it's significantly more value in drafting a receiver than there is in taking a guard. 
don't you? There, think- there just is. I mean, wide receivers are breaking are breaking the bank with you know yeah. with their contracts that they're signing. So from I, I just think from that standpoint, getting one on a on a four year rookie deal with a fifth year option is probably a much smarter play than drafting guard. I already thought about it, it, but I didn't. So and Quinton Johnson, I'm going to pivot. Kind of a real value at 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 thirty. I feel like he's he's fallen down the board to be available at that point. Just a contract, it, it makes him yeah. value. Yeah, you know, but yeah. um, you know, I, I, I like. I mean, I like it. I I think it's it makes more sense than what I said. Okay, there it is. We'll lock it in. Quinton Johnson, wide receiver to the New Orleans Saints. Russell Brown sitting in the uh, the draft room there making the choices. He's back up now on top. He's taken the the role in Philadelphia. Uh, who do you have? 31 overall, Russ. Little bum that Quentin Johnson's gone, right? But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to go just off of things that I've, I've kind of seen and, and kind of read up on and got a couple texts on, and that's Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. And – uh, I, they've done a lot of research on him, and when you look at this team, you know they they almost lost their entire secondary just in this offseason alone. There's a good chance it's going to all fall apart next year. So I think they're going to start planning for the future. It's not necessarily what their mo is in this organization in the first round, but I think you get a guy like this, you can add some weight to him. He's got tremendous length. I, I like you know his fluidity as well. I think he's fairly physical from time to time at the catch point. Um, I just, I like the fit there and I know that they've done the research and I, I don't think it's costing you too much to take a guy at 30 to play that position. We, we talk about a fifth year option with Johnston. You do the same thing here at corner and it takes a little bit of time to figure out the corner spot. So Forbes to be able to sit there behind Slay and the guys that are there, I think it's a, it's a home run. What do you got for me there? Uh, He's a wall hawk. He's he's yeah. a ball hawk, um, lots of pick sixes. He is a spindle, <laughs> like he is a thin, wiry dude, and is even if you threw fifteen pounds on him, he's still an outlier. So it's like, you know, he does need to get into. Uh, he would need to get into the Eagles' nutrition facility and and put on some pounds. But just from a you know a, a ball hawk perspective yeah he's fine he's got a mentor Jalen Carter to help put some on pretty quick so maybe maybe that'll help him out <laughs> yeah it's true it's terrible it's terrible all right uh cornerback Emmanuel Forbes goes to the Philadelphia Eagles that lead us, leads us number 32 Scott who do you got here this is this is this is interesting because there's a number of players on the board you have a Super Bowl winner um who's really still got a lot of really quality picks available to to help even get better so they lost frank clark correct yes do i have that right lucas van ness is it's lucas van ness here i mean and just from a values would be all right but like i mean i i just think he fits perfectly for for you you need a power pass rusher um they've seen what a player like chris jones can do and in getting into the pocket and, and disrupting things 
Uh, Lucas Van Ness has a long ways to go be, to be to be a a high level down down to down you know defensive player, but we're talking with pick thirty one or thirty two, whatever you want to call it, uh, player who probably will be long gone before before this, and uh, you know a, a player who could grow into something that might help them down the road. All right, Russ, any arguments? You want to punch Scott in the nose or anything? No, wait. nope, no arguments for me. I I think it's a I think it's a fantastic pick. I I think you pair him up with George Karloftis. I love it. All right, there we go. Full first round mocked out. Pretty interesting. And and I mean, if we were to do this again, I, I have a feeling we'd roll out different. But I mean, we're looking at guys like Osiris Torrance, who's who's not even gone. Um, who else we have? Jalen Hyatt out there, who's a value guy. Um, yeah, Brees, right? He's he's out there still. Tons of quality players out there ready to roll. Um, very, very interesting. Now, the Lions don't pick again until, what is it, 40, 50? Or 48, uh, I think. 48? Yes, 48. 48. And then 55. And then 55. That's it, sorry. Um, very, very interesting to see how this is going to play out. And um, I think that's going to be... It's it's going to be something. Um, don't take this as take this as a thought exercise. As with all mock drafts, nobody's trying to predict the future here. But what we're doing is walking through the exercise, the players, how they fit, the teams, what they need, some of the thinking. I wouldn't put my money on that. This is not at all how the draft is going to play out. Just particularly with I trade, trades alone, right? But it's it's a it's uh it's a definite opportunity to kind of do a no trade look at what the teams need, look at the players and their talents, and when you're locked in and you have to go there, this is the the, the potential for where you would go with how you're building out your team. I think it's yeah, to move. these are the things the players do well. This is how they fit this team kind of thing. You know, we're still a lot we're still enough ways out that it's early to be doing these because we don't have enough information. So you know. Yeah. Take it for what it is. Yeah, there you go. All right, so we'll go through it really quick. We're going to say Carolina with Bryce Young, Houston, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson Jr. goes to Arizona, Anthony Richardson to Indianapolis, C.J. Stroud to Seattle, Devin Witherspoon to Detroit, Christian Gonzalez to Las Vegas, Atlanta picks up Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chicago picks up Paris Johnson, Philadelphia, Jalen Carter, he fell, Uh, Will Levis to Tennessee, Darnell Wright, uh, to Houston, Broderick Jones to the New York Jets. New England Patriots get Brian Branch. Green Bay picks up Miles Murphy. Washington p- picks up Peter Skaronsky. Uh At 17, Pittsburgh grabs Anton Harrison. The Detroit Lions set themselves up with Hendon Hooker for better or for worse. Tampa, they pick up uh, Kalijah Kansi. Seattle Seahawks with Jordan Addison. Uh, Miami Dolphins, of course, their forfeited pick for beating dirty, rotten cheaters. Uh, the L.A. Chargers pick up <laughs> B. John Robinson. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens take Joey Porter Jr. Deontay Banks goes to Minnesota. Jacksonville picks up Michael Mayer. Uh, New York Giants, John Michael Schmitz. Nolan Smith to Dallas. Zay Flowers to Buffalo. I, I think they're going to love that pick. Dalton Kincaid to Cincinnati. New Orleans takes Quinton Johnson. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes to Philadelphia and Kansas City. Looks in on Lucas Van Ness. Whoa, what a good one. This is This is fun. This is exciting. Oh, let's think about this. Uh, that's that's got it for the draft. Anything you guys want to weigh in on as we we call it a wrap? No, no, it was fun. Thanks for having us. Of course. 
uh, Russell Brown, Lions Wire, Scott Bischoff, Detroit Lions Podcast, both all kinds of other places doing great work. I want to thank you both for joining. It was awesome to have you on the show. You guys are, are absolutely fantastic. We're going to have a lot more coming up on drafts, mock drafts, and other information as we go forward. Look for the, the videos coming out and the other work we're doing. Don't forget us about it. Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also, when you do at least $5 a month there, you get access to the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet with all the insider dust and so on. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast at Russ NFL draft, as you see, and at Bischoff underscore Scott. Uh, I guess I'll follow and uh, we'll be hanging out pants free. Place to do it, Twitter. They don't block anything like that. Uh, give us a call. If you use Skype, it's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us in the Lions line at 248-782-8384-248-RUB-U-FUG. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can blast it into your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time with the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.